friends, and welcome back to the King's Pixie. This is Chapter 7. General Lewis stood high on a platform, looking over the hundreds of fae that stood below awaiting his orders. I ignored all of it and looked up at the sky, imagining Triff's displeasure about it being blue. I looked over at Jaren and found Trift in the exact same position as me, looking up at the sky. There was a deep scowl on his face. The sight made me chuckle. What's so funny? Brandon scowled at me. The sky is blue, I answered, giving him no other explanation. Well, of course it's blue, he snorted. It's the sky. It's always blue. And just how was I supposed to know that? I have never seen it. I thought as I glared at him, wishing I could attack him. Her Majesty has required our presence at the capital. He barked to the on-waiting Fay. Be prepared to move out by 6 p.m. Now go! The soldiers scattered, heading back to their barracks to pack, their freshly bonded pixies in tow. 6 p.m. is an odd time to move out, I thought to myself, still unable to speak. Why not move it up to 4? The troops could easily be ready in an hour. What's going on in the capital? Jaren asked, his face full of concern as he followed Brandon. The human's king lost his wife last night. Without warning, Brandon turned, nearly throwing me from his shoulder. Sadly, I was already used to this. Her Majesty fears he'll make his move now that she's not there to keep him in check. Wonderful, Court sighed. Do you... Think it's true what they say about his mages? Don't buy into superstition, Colonel. Brandon moved back inside the building that was attached to the platform. This is where the officers' barracks were. There's no way a human could gain control over a demon, he scoffed. The demon isn't what concerns me, Court rolled his eyes. I was thinking about the weapons they carry. I don't particularly look forward to battling a mage with a soul-sucking sword. I thought it only took our magic, Jaren asked, slipping a snack to Trift. I eyed the bug hungrily. My worthless fay hadn't given me anything to eat since the selection two days ago. I was starving. Three human mages versus four hundred highly skilled fay. They don't stand a chance. The general brushed off their concerns with little worry. Jaren noticed my stare. Hey, Brandon, have you fed your pixie? He looks kind of skinny. What do you mean? Not fat and soft like yours. My claws flexed at his words, and I glared at him angrily. His insult towards Trift had me on my feet, wishing beyond anything I could claw his eyes out. That's cruel, Court said softly. You're going to break his soul, Brandon. I looked at the man in confusion. Break my soul? How could one do that? I won't push it that far. See you in three hours, gentlemen. Brandon pushed open the door to his room. Navier leapt from Brandon's head and landed on the desk, smiling at me before hopping down into the top drawer and rummaging around for a snack. The little prick knew I was hungry. He was just like his fay, Cruel. As Brandon leisurely packed up his things, Navier crunched away happily, sitting a few inches in front of me. 
He was thoroughly enjoying the pain he was causing me. The little asshole even taunted me with one of the insect's legs, asking if I wanted it, then giggling maniacally when I couldn't respond. Where are we going, Brandon? Navier sprawled out on his pillow, still glaring at me as he crunched away at his third snack. You're not going anywhere. Brandon's words caused the little pixie to sit up in shock. What? He clambered onto his face shoulder. What do you mean? You're going somewhere, so I'm going with you. No, Navier. He tenderly took the creature from his shoulder and sat it on his bed as he lovingly looked the pixie over. We're going to war. It's going to be too dangerous. I can't stand the thought of anything happening to you. You're going to stay here. I'd happily trade places with you, you little jerk. I thought as anger welled up inside of me. At this point of my life, that seemed to be the only emotion I felt anymore. But, but... I loved seeing the little monster's eyes fill with tears. But how can I protect you if I'm here? Brandon laughed and set the pixie back on his shoulder. Navier, you couldn't protect me from a mosquito. You're a weak bog pixie. I'd spend the entire time trying to keep track of you and probably end up getting hurt. Oh, what a shame that would be. I couldn't help but smile at the thought of Brandon being injured. You're taking that thing with you. Navier pointed at me, and I felt my lip curl in a silent sneer. If we were in the wild, I would have eaten him by now. Sopan is a weapon, Navier. Brandon didn't even look at me as he spoke. He's made for battle. I care for him about as much as I care for my gun. Ha! I thought. That dumb... Ha! I thought. That damn gun gets better care than I do. My eyes shifted to the drawer in which said weapon was kept. Hello, friends. It's once again that time for a wonderful commercial break. So feel free to walk away for a bit, or you can listen to it if you really want to. It's the same commercial as always. I endured three hours of dramatic wailing before it was time for Brandon to return to his post. He paid no mind to me as he slung his duffel bag over the shoulder I was sitting on. I narrowly missed the damn thing. I settled in over the strap and looked at the chaos that was happening around us. As soldiers said goodbye to their personal pixies, some took it well, while others needed to be placed in a cage to keep them from following their fay. I couldn't help but wonder what that kind of love might feel like. I examined the faces of other weaponized pixies. They, too, were wondering the same thing. We were never meant to be loved. We were meant to die in battle, beside fay who only needed us for our magic. Without warning, Brandon tossed his bag into an on-waiting truck. A moving strap knocked me from his shoulder. I was able to keep myself from hitting the ground, but instead of flying back to him, I chose to hover in that spot, waiting to see if he'd even notice I was gone. He didn't, at least not until someone drew his attention to it. The general then turned and glared at me as if it were my fault that he knocked me off. He pointed to his shoulder and I obeyed slightly afraid of another restrictive order. The soldiers lined up in straight lines, ready for the long march ahead of them, while the commanding officers rode in vehicles at the front of the line. The general barked the order for everyone to move out and then quickly fell asleep in the passenger seat of his convoy vehicle. I'd thought for sure he'd want to discuss with his other commanding officers what was about to go down, but I was learning that Brandon wasn't much of a constructive thinker. 
He wasn't much of a leader, either. Court offered me food as well. And Lisa says you're her friend, too. Friends don't let friends go hungry. I looked at her and smiled. She fluttered down from her perch and also gave me a hug. The vehicle hit a bump, waking Brandon. As he stirred, I returned to his shoulder and quickly stuffed the remains of my bug under the collar of his uniform for later. I knew he'd be asleep again soon. He was rather lazy. I often wondered how he got such a high position of leadership. During the three-day journey, Court and Jaren snuck food to me whenever they could, and I was extremely grateful. Brandon never fed me once, though he made sure the caravan stopped frequently so that he could eat or sleep without being shaken to death by the mountain road we drove on. Jaren tried to give me water once and got caught. He received a massive ass-chewing for the effort, but Brandon did end up giving me a drink. I'd half expected it to be poisoned. When we arrived in the capital, the city teemed with life. Fae, human, and various other beasts I'd never seen nor knew the names of mingled peacefully in the streets. They were all alarmed by our presence, pointing, whispering, and scurrying to get out of the way. They obviously had no idea war was upon them. I briefly wondered if the queen was going to evacuate the city. Our vehicle stopped at the palace steps and Brandon got out, leisurely stretching. I sat begrudgingly on his shoulder as he approached the large, white, stone building. It was breathtaking, as if we'd stepped into a different world. A man wearing a similar green uniform met us before Brandon could even reach the large wooden door. His short hair was dark and his features were fair. The man's eyes were unlike any I'd ever seen, a deep green with gold outlining the rich irises. His pixie was also impressive. The large crimson creature sat on his shoulder proudly, eyeing me with interest. To my surprise, Brandon bowed, causing me to nearly fall. Your Highness, I hope we arrived in time. Cut the shit, Brandon! The man waved for us to follow, turning hastily on his heels. We've got issues. Is the army ready for war? Yes, sir. Brandon scrambled to keep up with the man. The soldiers are strong. And what about their pixies? He turned on Brandon, causing the general to halt unexpectedly. Did the experiments work? The crimson pixie chuckled, a wicked grin on his lips. Alder, are you blind? The pixie on his shoulder isn't Navier, nor is it weak. Ooh, I like you, I thought as I exchanged a smile with them. The man examined me. Are they all like this one? Unfortunately, no, Brandon admitted. This is the strongest one they produced. The others are stronger than a typical pixie, though. Their magic is far more advanced. How would you know? I glared at my idiotic fay. You never listened to anything Captain Barnes tried to tell you. I see. The man, Alder, bit his thumbnail and turned once again. It might be enough. Come, we have much to discuss. We followed the man through the palace into their room where another man, a bit older, stood bent over a table. He looked up as we entered, scowling the moment he saw Brandon. He had the same dark hair, fine features, and strange eyes as Alder. There was no doubt in my mind that they were brothers. You took too long to get here, Brandon, 
His lowered tone left no room for doubt about his irritation with the general. My message said we needed urgent assistance. You should have been able to reach us within a day and a half. Now we're in serious trouble. Just look! The new man beckoned us over and pointed to a map. All of the entrances and exits to the city have been blocked by King's Ailey, except for the one you and your soldiers entered and the Southern Mountain Pass. The son of a bitch has us completely bottlenecked. How big is his army? Brandon looked worried for once. I found his fear amusing. Both men looked at each other and sighed. Alder spoke, his voice shaky. Uh, he sent the mages. It's just three men. Brandon's worry melted away. We have four hundred. They have a fucking demon, Brandon. The man, whose name I still did not know, shouted. There was an angry desperation in his voice that caused an anxiety to rise within me. I was beginning to understand that I would likely be faced with the possibility of death soon. That's just a rumor, isn't it? Brandon's new, genuine fear startled me. No. Alder shook his head. It's been confirmed. She blocked the northern exit by causing a landslide. Witnesses say her magic was a deep red, like blood. What of the other two? Brandon choked down his fear and actually tried to do his job. I could feel his nervousness. Seriously, man. How the hell did you get this job? You can't even remain calm in the face of danger. They're human. One has an immense magical presence, the other an enchanted sword. A white pixie interrupted the man by delivering a stack of papers to him. Thank you, Farah. Brandon, these are letters of safe passage through other territories. Please give these to your army to hand out. We need to start evacuating citizens while the western border is still open. I ignored what they said and studied the map. The capital sat inside a large alcove within the mountains. Typically, its position would ensure protection from the elements and outside threats. But the passages that the mages had blocked off ensured that they would have the upper hand. If the mages stood in a formation at the mouth of the southern entrance, they could easily wreak havoc on the city, regardless of if the western pass was still open or not. I'm sure they'd close it, though. I would, if only to strike fear into the people I was about to slay. I flew from Brandon's shoulder and stood on the southern pass. Only the white pixie seemed to notice me. I waved her over. What is it? She landed and watched as I tried to act out what I thought was going to happen. Sopan! Brandon called angrily. You don't have permission to be there. Back to your post. Unable to deny the order... My wings sprang to life. I stamped my foot in irritation and took off. Farah studied the map, then looked at me. Wait! Her call got the attention of the other two men, but Brandon kept moving. What were you trying to tell me? Farah flew over to me, effectively stopping Brandon. I glared at him, waiting for permission to speak. He rolled his eyes and gave in. Go on, then. I felt the release of his orders and flew back to the map, hopping to the different locations as I spoke. If the mages position themselves here, here, and here, we're screwed. Farron, 
Alder looked at his brother with fear evident in his eyes. He's right. If they position the demon here at the Southern Pass, there'll be no chance of escape. Her range of attack is too great. The older man's hand shook as he studied the map. It's not enough that we were forced to give him our sister. Now he's blatantly going against his word. Do humans have any honor? Not from my experience. I mumbled and Farah snorted. Sopan, that's... Brandon stopped short and hit his knee, bowing to a beautiful woman as she entered the room. She, too, shared the features of the other men, but the energy that radiated from her was immense. She was dressed in the same green uniform. The only difference was that she wore a simple silver tiara. This had to be Queen Isol. Every harsh thing that I had wanted to say to her vanished from my mind as she approached the table. She was lovely, and I was completely enamored by her presence. I noticed that her pixie was eyeing me with great interest. She was a dark blue creature. I'd never seen one like her and briefly wondered what type she was. Get up, General. There is no time for such pretenses. She waved her hand upwards and he stood, obviously not of his own accord. Prepare your troops. The demon has been spotted on the southern ridge. Yes, my lady. He bowed and made to leave, stopping to order me back to his side. Sopan, come. I groaned silently and flew back to his shoulder, turning to, turning to see all six of them begin discussing the map. As we returned to the palace steps, the ground shook. I looked towards the west. As my eyes met the horizon, an impossibly large, blue, ethereal dragon burst from the mountain, causing a landslide that undoubtedly closed off the pass we had just entered through. Two arms! The call came from behind us. I turned to see the two princes running from the palace. The queen walked out slowly, surveying the damage with a strange, otherworldly calmness. I would have given anything to know what she was thinking. Brandon dropped the papers he held and ran to the front line. The soldiers had been unpacking their belongings. They weren't prepared in the least for battle. None of them had their armor on. Many of them had packed their weapons into their bags, and some were eating. I had a feeling that this was about to get messy. I looked towards the southern pass, and my stomach dropped. On the ridge stood a large, black-winged being. Even from this far, the creature appeared human-sized, which meant she was massive. The demon spread its wings, releasing a terrifying blood-red aura. Civilians screamed and began running as soldiers scrambled to get their gear. Oh, yeah. I sighed. This is going to suck. That concludes Chapter 7 of The King's Pixie. I hope you enjoyed this reading, and I hope you'll return next week for Chapter 8. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.